Bismillah. So, assalamu alaikum everyone. Welcome to the podcast with our brother Amin Umar. This is the Dadhood podcast for those of you who don't know, maybe those who are joining over from Amin's end. Uh, this is a podcast that I run, which is dedicated towards speaking to Muslim fathers and trying to get information and education out to Muslim fathers so that they can better understand their roles and their responsibilities as fathers, inshallah. And... Um, before we do get started, I just wanted to mention that I have been working with um, one with the nursery that my children go to, so uh, Building Blocks Nursery. They've been doing a lot to support myself in, when it comes to this podcast, when it comes to some of my some of my content on Instagram. So um, I'll just recommend uh, you guys um, to give them a follow if you're thinking about sending your children to nursery, even if you don't live in the Watford area, which is the area which I live in in the UK, uh, they'll be happy to kind of receive messages from you and tell you about how the nursery process works for your children. Uh, and they can kind of talk to you about that and, and help you find something in, in your area when it comes to uh, nursery, inshallah. So that's just a quick shout out for them. Uh, their name is Building Blocks on Instagram. So you can find them there. So for today, we're going to be as you've seen from the title, looking at the masculine dad. Okay, I don't know if Amin wants to call himself that, or whether I do, <laughs> but that is what I decided to name it. I didn't even, Amin, I didn't even get like permission from you. I didn't even ask you, what do you want to call this? What do you want to discuss? It was more so like, it just fit, you know, it just fit. You've got this book, which is dedicated towards uh, um, Muslim men's masculinity uh, and trying to kind of get them to understand what that really means from a balanced perspective. And it kind of just it kind of just fit in, and I think they I've read the book, and I think there's a lot in the book that is gonna uh, help us when it comes to our uh, fathering or dad responsibilities. Um, so let's hand over to you. Inshallah, you can introduce yourself, and then I'll give you the first question that we usually ask our guests after that. Okay, Inshallah. So Jazakallah Khair for having me, uh, Shaib. It's really good to be on the, this podcast. I know we 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 talked about doing this probably months ago, but we're finally getting around to it now. Alhamdulillah. Um, so how would I introduce myself? Um, I mean, primarily, you know, when we're talking about this topic, um, I wrote a book, uh, on Islamic masculinity, like the Islamic model for masculinity. Um, is it, you know, is it leaning, like, is the way we look at things leaning towards, you know, kind of feminist worldview? Is it like red pill worldview? Is it like, you know, the, the Hollywood movies like Rambo? Is that like the true masculinity that we should be following and, and like taking inspiration from? And the book tries to answer that basically. Um, and so I'm an author of that book and I also make videos now uh, just for Muslim men. I wouldn't, I, you know, I don't like saying I have a masculinity channel. It's more like my videos, they're all serving Muslim men in whatever way, you know, whatever areas and issues that Muslim men go through. That's what I try to make uh, my videos about, right? Um, on top of that, I've got the podcast uh, Mind Heist, which uh, I've been doing for much longer than when I wrote the book. So I wrote the book about uh, probably 18 months ago, finished that. And then the podcast I've been doing for like four years, probably something like that. And then other than that, uh, I run a business full time, which is a Muslim CEO, um, which with that, we help Muslims to start businesses, uh, specifically the type of business, which is online, uh, gives you a lot of uh, freedom and it gives you a, a lot of impact as well, because like it's focused on solving specific people's problems uh, and as well as giving yourself, you know, a good lifestyle. So those are kind of the three um, prongs I've got. And uh, yeah, bro, masculine dad. Yeah, why not? Why not? 
<laughs> okay, good. Alhamdulillah. Thanks for the introduction there. Um, so the first question you usually ask, uh, Amin, is how uh, how many children do you have and how old were you when you had your first child? Okay, so uh, I have two, alhamdulillah. I have two kids, two boys. And, um, you know, I don't usually talk about ages, but yalla. Uh, how old was I? I feel like I was 28 when I had my first one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, 28. Okay, alhamdulillah. So what you you don't you don't track your you know you don't you don't do birthdays you don't track your your passport. <laughs> no, I mean I, I just I, I like I think publicly no one knows my age. That's that's all. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Inshallah. Well, we haven't revealed your age just when you first became a dad. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is much older than you, right? Uh, Twenty-eight. Uh, much yes, older than. Yes, I when, first became yeah. a dad when I was twenty-two. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. If I had oh. kids when I was 22, wow. I think it would have, you know, matured me quickly. It might have been good, but, you know, alhamdulillah for the qadr of Allah, whatever it is. Alhamdulillah. That, that's, that's actually a good point. I, I, t I say this to brothers a lot. You find that there's, there's a lot of brothers who um, maybe they're, they're delaying marriage um, or delaying, if they're married or delaying having kids, both for the same reason, because they feel like they haven't uh, achieved the level of maturity that they think they should. Which yeah. I think in, in one instance is very good. Like if you're somebody who's very self-aware, you understand your traits, you understand, you know, what ticks you off, you understand areas in which you're weak in, then that's fine. Now, I, you know, for somebody like that, I, I would say, okay, you're, you're, you're maybe you're on the money there and you know what you need to do. But for many of them, it's a bit of, uh, you know, an excuse to kind of drag things out and um, they convince themselves that they can get to a certain stage of maturity without getting married slash without having children. And I yeah. don't, I don't believe you can get to that stage that you're thinking about in your head without forcing yourself to get into these situations that are actually going to make you, uh, uh, pu uh push you into uh, maturity. And I think th there's, there's a concept like that, that you, you mentioned in your book in terms of, um, taking on uh, uh, responsibilities so that yeah. you get yourself out of that lazy phase i can't remember exactly what, what absolutely what i think i think it's, it's kind of in the book a couple of times i think because yeah it's like this concept of men um we need to carry burden to be motivated mm. right we need burden to be put upon us um you know if you look at i mean you know tell me if you have experienced otherwise right but if you go to a, a conference or um, I don't know soup kitchen or what what some 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 sort of volunteering thing, so even even uh, classes like seminars for Islamic knowledge, it's a lot of women there, right? And those yeah. are areas where nobody's forcing you to do it, right? And you find a lot of sisters going there, getting involved because they're being proactive. Yeah. But you know you find men are not so much like that. Um, but when men are burdened with a responsibility, now we step up to their level, right? Now we step up to the plate, and um, and also, I feel like it's it's built into the Sharia in terms of Allah uh, puts us as providers, and you know, so we have to provide. So now, because we have that responsibility, we step up to the plate, we provide. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, in this area of fatherhood, I think the our responsibility in that regard it's not pushed to the front as much as the providing, and so you know, mm. that's that's very important for us to kind of revive. I think as well, you know. Yeah, you mentioned on, on your uh, podcast, Mind Heist, uh, in your recent episode when, when you and Muhammad were talking about um, fathers, you mentioned something quite interesting. You said that providing is only one third of your fatherhood responsibilities. So how do you define the, the two other thirds then? 
Yeah, I mean, I wasn't being mathematical when I said that, but actually, in yeah. the in the book, um, I've got like I would summarize the role of a of a man in in three kind of areas. So it's like pray, protect, and provide. Yes. So okay. pray is like the aspect of your relationship with Allah, um, your your the kind of amal al qalb, you know, like the actions of the heart, um, praying to Allah or like literally praying. Um, but also building that mindset, building that akhirah perspective for everything you see in life, which gives you some of the, uh, what you might see as masculine characteristics like courage. How can you have courage if you don't have fear of Allah? You know, fear of Allah really mm. gives you um, a high level of courage because you've got something, someone's or something to rely on, which is much more powerful than you, much bigger than any obstacle um, in this world, right? So that's the prey element. And, uh, and then you've got uh, and all these three areas here, pray, protect, and provide, you can implement them on your individual level. So let's say, okay, day-to-day -day for myself, but also when, I, like, when I'm single before I'm married, then you implement it on your family sphere of influence, and then you would implement it in the community-wide or the uh, ummah-wide um, sphere, okay? So each three of these can be applied at those three scales or three spheres, yeah? So we've got pray, and then praying at the family level would be obviously... You know, like in the Quran, it says, "Wa'mur ahlaka bis salah, wastabir alayha." Right? Like, order your, command your family to pray or right, to the prayer. So, making sure your 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 family have that connection with Allah and they're they're obeying Allah in at least in their minimum responsibilities. Then, if we move on to from pray, we go to provide. So, providing is interesting because it's not just money. You know, money is providing. That's part right. of it, right? It's part of it. Right. But you need to provide. Um, attention, you know, you need to provide uh, wisdom to your children, guidance, uh, good manners, uh, terbiya, you know, terbiya, you could summarize a lot of the stuff when it comes to kids as terbiya, right? Um, this is a this is what's like forgotten or downplayed, I think. And, you know, subhanAllah, when you look at some of these books, I think you've read them like, you know, The Boy Crisis and um, I, I yeah. get mixed up between the ones, you know, there's the one by Dr. Leonard Sachs. Is that the one called The Boy yeah. Crisis? Yeah. I'm pretty so sure there's Boy Crisis, yeah. Yeah, so there's that one. And there's another one which I always get it mixed up with, but they're both excellent books. And basically talks about, um, part of these books talks about the uh, impact of, it's not always fatherless nurse, like not having fathers, yeah. but being distant from your father or not having enough attention and, and all of that with uh, from fathers or, you know, at least father figures, uncles, this kind of thing. So um, providing includes those elements, not just money, you know, and then protecting as well, like protecting you might your mind might go to like physically protecting from some sort of burglary or whatever it is. Um, but it's also protecting your children from the threats on uh, media, right? The threats that might mm. come at them from social media. So I think these the, I summarized it in that way, right? Pray, protect, provide, because it's a good summary of all the ideas. And then when you think about this could be implemented on the individual level, family level and community level, yeah. um, then, yeah. you know, inshallah, it gives a good like model overview of the like the, the model I came up with when I was uh, writing the book. OK, that's very, very interesting, actually. So if we go back to the title of masculine dad, this this idea of being a masculine dad, where does it fall into uh, the, these three does 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 it does it even have like a a, a a place to kind of fit in being it's not just being a dad and either is it just being somebody who's masculine but it's somebody who is a yes. masculine dad does do you, what what kind of connotations does masculine dad give you when it comes to those three aspects that you just mentioned yeah i think it's funny bro because like 
I don't know about you, but I think a lot of the it needs rebranding. You know, this idea of like being a dad and being like proud about be, of being a dad. It needs rebranding because I think what has been put out there in the mainstream media, whether Hollywood or whatever, is like to be a good dad. It's like you're going to be changing nappies. You're going to be dealing with like all the younger kids a lot of the time and um, oh, they they peed on my face and all that stuff. You know, you see it in the, those kind of uh, comedy movies they put out from Hollywood. I can't yeah. remember the, the these kind of ones. Yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. Definitely. And that, you know, like, you know, as a man, you, me, Dad whatever. The, I remember that the, one. These Dad ones, bro, yeah. So <laughs> imagine now, imagine you're a guy, let's say 25-year-old guy, even 30-year-old guy, right? Naturally, are you going to look up to those kind of models of, of fathering? You know, I'd not so much, you know, even if maybe it's something that you're willing to do, you're fine to do. But what is a model of fathering, fatherhood, that we can actually naturally, we're like, yeah, that's quite sick. What What is that? Um, I think it's about yeah. having a legacy. I think it's about, as Muslims, it's about having that sadaqah jariya. I think it's about, bro, changing the world. So we go from telling uh, men oh, be a dad, change nappies. We change it to, no, no, change the world by raising the next generation of strong, mm -hmm. confident men, you know? And how do you do that other than being that father figure, being that role model, showing them the ropes, right? Taking them out. And um, and that, you know, that's where the rebranding, I think, needs to come in because it's almost like, if you think about it, I'm not saying this is true, but it's like, Hollywood sat down and were like, how can we make being a father the most uncool thing possible? You know, yeah, and then they, yeah, they yeah, pushed yeah. that out. Um, and so I think it would be cool if we put out that message where it's like, it's it's masculine to be a dad in in the sense of the nat natural urge we have to change the world, you know, right. uh, and to pass on wisdom. Like, it, like we endeavor to take on new experiences, take on challenges, whether that's Hafiz al-Qur'an, starting a business, whatever it is, we, we endeavor to do these things. And on that journey, we learn lessons. Now, what's more, you know, masculine than passing on lessons to the next generation, you know, especially to your boys. But obviously, we know as well that girls strongly need father figures as well for their um, development and confidence and all that. So, yeah, I've not actually thought too deep about that. But what I just said yeah. now, I think, I think that was kind of a good answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you're 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 definitely taking it somewhere that it needs to go because you find that there are so many cartoons even, you know, besides the movies, cartoons that, that kids are actually taking in where the father is like the brunt of the joke every time in the show. Yeah. Um, you know, multiple different cartoons that even kind of cartoons that we grew up with um uh if if you watched cartoons i don't know if you did i mean but simpsons. i did <laughs> yeah yeah simpsons um a uh, family guy um you know what like... i grew up on bro one big one was uh, malcolm in the middle i know it's american but malcolm in the middle yes yeah. yes yes that's yeah. that that's that's definitely a, a deep one because the the, the dad is how right his name is he's yeah. always always doing something wrong and doing yes. something silly and doing goofy. something which yeah. puts the family in danger and it's goofy and the mom is the one that's trying to keep everyone in check and exactly. trying to lead the family exactly. um and it's it's a total flip of the dynamic uh, that doesn't mean that mothers cannot be disciplined but not having uh, the father in in the leadership role within the family obviously is a flip of the dynamics that's existed for centuries and centuries yeah. and uh, so you're saying that you're trying to rebrand that so that people actually understand like okay look the true essence of 
fatherhood is to make sure that number one, we're there for our children, but number two, we're showing them where they need to be going rather than just uh, stopping at the base responsibilities of being a parent. There's something beyond that, that our children need to see within us as fathers in order to help their development. Yeah. And that's something I've observed, you know, um, if you go to the most, um, how do you say it, raw or um, stereotypical, if you like, um, figure of masculinity, if you like, these days, right? If you go to Andrew Tate, even him, when he's, when he's giving this message of um, the family unit, kids, this and that, um, having a legacy, um, it's not something that you, you would have heard maybe like over the previous decades, Yanni, but I can imagine a young guy hearing that, especially from someone like him yeah. and saying, yeah, yeah, I feel that like I can, yeah. I can relate to that. It's not, I don't think it's a natural instinct in even like a 17 year old to say, mm. no, no, that's not cool to have kids and to raise the next generation and change the world. And blah. I think it's something quite natural in us, you know, so we should tap into that. Yeah. But I don't know I if I'm rebranding it, bro. You're the dadhood guy, bro. You, you rebrand <laughs> it with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so with your with your book, you've obviously you're you're obviously it's not just about fatherhood, right? So the book that people if people don't know they're listening right now, uh, maybe most of your followers do, but not mine. It's called The Shepherd's Way, and uh, I think you can you can get it on shepherdsway.com. I'm assuming the shepherdswaybook.com. Yeah, book.com. Okay, mm. um, uh, very very apt website. Very easy <laughs> to find. Yeah, I tried, bro. I tried to get the Shepherd's Way, but I was taken. <laughs> hey, no problem um so in that book it's obviously targeting muslim men in general uh maybe more specifically muslim men who have lost their ambition in life or for those who may be struggling to reach higher goals and higher ambitions and higher aims and this is the kind of push them up the backside to be like you can do it and here's here are some of the ways in which you can do it and, and why you should do it. And in the book, I find that the why is more uh, prominent. I'm not sure if, if that, that there was, um, that was, that was purposefully done. Uh, but I find that what you do is that you give a lot of why, 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 and you give some practical advice at the end. And I think that's because you obviously want people to just go ahead and take action in their life and find out how they can implement some of this advice that you're giving them in their own way. Like you're giving them a few pointers. You could do this and you could do that at the end of each chapter, but it's not like so detailed enough for people to base their whole life plan off of it. But yeah. I think, so I think that the, the biggest value rather than the practical advice is why should you actually be doing all of this? And, yeah, yeah. and in that why that can apply to, you know, it can apply to you being a father and it could also apply to uh, you. Like a big point in your book is uh, getting married uh, and finding a wife. Um, uh, that that you want, that you desire, that's attracted to you. Um, so that's obviously the first step towards fatherhood anyway. So it's a very, very important step. Yeah. So I think definitely implementing those kind of things for uh, brothers who are not married is important, but even those who are married and are looking to have children or who do have children can implement some of that so they can understand how should my children actually view me as a, as a man, as a mm. Muslim man. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. you want to get to a stage where, okay, you know, now 
how to be a father in the sense that okay, these are the type of things I should do for my children. But then you want to also get to another stage, which is in my own manhood, in my own personality, in my own development, how should my children be seeing me? So, so for you, what, what do you want? Like you're, you got two boys. What, what do you want them to, to, to see in you? Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, I dropped it. I dropped it. <laughs> yeah, this is a deep question. I mean, look, bro. It's, I think a few a few simple things. I'm not I'm not asking for a lot. I think it would be great if they saw me as um, a worshiper of Allah, like a worshiper, yeah. not like a Muslim, but a worshiper. That would be great. Someone that they grow up seeing, like with the Quran or praying or going to the masjid. You know, this would be great. Um, I think someone who see me as someone who's competent. Yani, uh, if I set my mind to something, I gen generally achieve it, or I at least work mm -hmm. hard towards that thing. Yeah, like being a high performer kind of thing. Um, what else? Um, someone who's kind of um, uh, in control, you could say, not in control of the world or anything, but in control of my, you know, emotions uh, to a good level, and uh, and I think that comes alongside like wisdom. And those things are quite respect worthy, Yanni. So off the top of my head, I think those three things, you know, if they see me as a worshiper, they see me as someone competent and like a go-getter. And then someone who's like kind of um, in control uh, of emotions and, uh, you know, wise or something like that. What would you okay. say to that? Because you might have thought of this as well. What would you say? Yeah. Um... It's quite similar to be honest uh, Definitely the top thing is That they see me in worship And they understand that that is That is that's a key key thing in their life You know, I want them to know that Okay, dad and mom We saw them studying We saw them dedicating themselves to learn Arabic We saw them dedicating themselves to learn the Quran We saw them We, we saw them reading books Not just having books in the bookshelf But they actually pulled it off and they read it We saw them praying Salah I saw my dad leading my mom in Salah I heard him reciting Quran well And my mom was standing behind him And you know I, I want them to, to, to grow up Knowing that that's like something central in their life uh -huh. um, I also want them to know that uh, I want them to see the work that I put in, which is hard. I guess it's, I guess the only way for them to know that is for them to see me leave the house in the morning and come back late at night and me telling them I'm going to work, uh, which I don't know. I remember you saying on, on, on the podcast is a bit different for you because you do a lot of work from home. Um, and uh, I don't know how, how you sort of are going to be able to model that this you know, you do hard work basically. Maybe as they're getting older, I mean, both of our children exactly. are quite young at the moment, um, but as they're getting older, maybe you're able to take them out to your work. Maybe you're able to show them what you're yeah. doing, who you're interacting with. I think that's very, very important. I mean, even now uh, to do that, I try to make sure that my friends, when they come over to my house, my children are present so they can see this is how the men in the family, they talk. You know, they, they speak about Allah sometimes. They have a joke sometimes. Um, they pray together. Um, and, and I remember growing up and not seeing that because, like, I think, you know, and every, most most people I know, no, I didn't grow up, with my grow up with my father. So I spent a lot of time with my mom and going with her to her mm. friend's houses, right, which mm. is going to be women. 
naturally. Mm-hmm. And uh, just sitting on the women's side, obviously, when you go to some some of these houses, okay, men, men are sitting in one room, women are sitting in the other room, but I'm attached to my mom. So I'm just yeah. going to sit in, in the women's side. And even if I go and peer off into the, the men's side, sometimes here and there, um, I don't know what to do with myself. Because I don't see anyone there that I recognize. I can't yeah. just sit there with someone and, and take in what's going on. I have yeah. a quick look and I'm a bit like, this is not my scene. And I go back and I'm attached to my mom. And I think I think that for a long time did hold me back from having maybe mature conversations with other men. Um, I actually remember at one point in, in secondary school as a young teenager, thinking to myself, I get along more with the girls in my year than I do with the guys. Mm. And it's just looking back at that at that time i didn't see it as an issue but looking back at it now um that could really affect uh, a young man if he allows that to keep on keep on going and keep on going where he can't Absolutely. even build full friendships and relationships with with other guys and other men that he can thrive off Absolutely. and so i want to make sure that my children do kind of see that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um yeah what was your third point so you said uh, that they see you grind, they see you be a worshipper. What was the third yeah. one? They see me someone who's like in control of my emotions and I have some level of yes. like wisdom. This this is this is really really important for me because uh, I noticed that when when I when I when when I had children, I I started noticing patterns in my behavior that they, I didn't notice beforehand. I'm not mm. sure if you, you saw that in yourself as well. And I, I spoke mm. to quite a few brothers, and a lot of them found that having children made them reflect a lot more on their own behavior and some of the flaws that they have within. For me, it was seeing how easy I get triggered and I get angry. And mm. it's like, this little kid is just doing what little kids do, but inside you're, you're feeling this sort of rage. And why is that? What's going on there? What what mm. What is it inside you that has now come out now that you've had children that's that's making you feel like that because it can't it can't just be the simple trigger of him doing something which is dangerous and and it, and it annoys you that he's not listening there must be something deeper within mm-hmm. and so I, I began kind of exploring myself a bit more and looking more into psychology and therapy and things like that to, to kind of understand what's going on and I want to make sure that that part of me that emotions are definitely controlled so number one it doesn't have a bad impact on my children's development as they're growing up that they're 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 affected by this kind of unstable father it's not to any extreme like that but you know if i put it in extreme words this unstable father right um i definitely don't want that to affect them but also i don't want them to then model themselves like that that okay when i have children i'm going to react like this to my children as well so i think that definitely has to be uh put put into check because it just has generational impact that that, that's how that's part of the thinking of I'm changing the world here. I'm raising a new generation. Like if I'm not gonna, what do they say? Um, break the cycle or whatever. Yeah. If yeah. I'm not going to break yeah. the cycle, it's going to take a whole generation to change it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, to, to, to hold a bit of that responsibility. And I think for me, bro, like my kids are young, so um, they're, they're, they're not necessarily seeing me working or what I'm doing and stuff, but that has to happen definitely at some point. Um, and I, and this is where I think the special source of a father comes in. It's like, if, if it was up to my wife, for example, or a lot of mothers, would, would um, her son be working at age 11? No, but I would like that. Like, I might get my son to do some work right. in my business at age 11. Like, I think he'll be competent, right, to do something. I don't know, but- Careful, um, careful child neighbor. 
<laughs> um, volunteering. There you go. Ah, that's how you get around it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you get the point, right? Or like, uh, go do the shopping, go do this and that. Um, you know, because the, the yeah. mother's role is to create a sphere of comfort. And that actually, uh, from what I understand, it gives a, it gives a confidence to children when they, it's like the first six, seven years of their life, they understand the world to be a safe place, a place where they can be yeah. themselves. They can be confident, right? And you take that very, uh, that confident child, inshallah, they develop that by the mm. age six, seven. And now you throw them out in the world a little bit, obviously bit by bit, but um, who's going to throw them out in the world? You know, it's natural. The mother's natural instinct is not to do that. And the father's mm. natural instinct allows him a bit more to do that. So if it's not me, if I'm not going to throw him out in the world, no one will. So it's my job. Yeah. yeah. So this is, this is the kind of thing when you go into the whole, um, the effects of fatherlessness and all that. Now we start to like connect all the dots. Oh, that's why that's happening. That's why kids are not confident. That's why, uh, for, like you're saying, like social skills. I think I relate a bit to that in terms of, um, until today, bro, I lack social skills. Um, and who knows, but maybe if, if my dad took me out when he was going out with his friends or whatever, maybe that would have, you know, helped a little bit mm -hmm. at least. And I think, you know, I was intimidated by men, like older men. And like, I didn't really know how to interact with them and this and that. But what if every, like regularly, every few weeks or whatever, I'm mixing with my dad. My dad gives me that safety kind of feeling. But mm -hmm. now I'm, I'm with other men, right? Or I'm with not even just men like people of all ages right so um a three-year-old mixing with uh, a seven-year-old and mixing with a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old and then a 17-year-old and then a 26-year-old and like over time of course um that would develop like strong uh, confidence and social skills and allah alam but i understand that to be the normal way of things in terms of families used to live together in a very like close way so it wouldn't be friends of your dad. It might be your uncles and your cousins and your, you know, in-laws, this and that, and your, you know? So people of all ages, all mixing, maybe living in the same house or very close proximity, going in and out of each other's houses. Imagine the level of, you know, social interactions and confidence you're gonna develop and how, imagine how, I don't know about you, but me, the way I saw a 20 year old when I was 11, Imagine that would be very different if you're mixing with those kind of people your whole life, right? Um, and so that's kind of what's missing. And so, you know, we can try and plug that hole a little bit by at least taking our kids to mix with other kids of different ages, of the same ages, of your friends, people your age and all of that. Where do you think um, this kind of red pill movement that you, you've looked, in, looked into quite a bit when you were doing the research into your book? Yeah. Where... Where do you think it goes right when it comes to fatherhood and where it goes wrong when it comes to fatherhood? Yeah, man. Wow. When it comes to fatherhood, I mean, the red pill movement is very broad. Like you've got the whole like, like, for example, you got MGTOW, right? Which is men going their own way, which is like, if men are going their own way, like away from women, then how are they even mm. going to have kids, right? They're not even going right. to have kids if they follow that kind of way. And you've got the mm. whole... Um, like again part of the red pill thing it talks about the how the court system is rigged against men or specifically against fathers so it becomes a scary thing to even have kids because like they might be taken away from me etc mm. so you know i 
the whole environment is subhanallah very it's almost like and it probably is that people have com conspired to attack the family unit and um that's what people need to know as well that having kids having a strong family having good relationship with your wife um mm. this is actually you're on the battlefield just by doing that right um you're mm. on the battlefield in terms of trying to keep the family unit together be a, a, an example of a good family for people to see and know about um but equally it just came to my mind actually that shaitan loves it when people get divorced right he goes and he, the, the <laughs> you know the, one of the shayateen comes and says oh i made this man split from his wife and he's like oh you're yeah. the best one right so it's a battlefield on two fronts against shaitan and then against whoever it is that wants to see us more as individual isolated uh, units uh, consuming units in society right um but uh, yeah, to go back to the red pill thing. So the, there's a lot actually in the red pill, which is like, don't have kids, don't get married, right? So, you know, we, 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 wouldn't, we wouldn't really agree with that. Like having kids is a huge part of our uh, legacy, which is part of our uh, akhirah and stuff. And then uh, it's just part of the fitrah, you know, to have kids, to, to, to love kids and to... Um, do, do you think then... Your, your your sort of masculinity if that's what they're looking for right if they're this broad term of if they're trying to reach the point of masculinity do you feel like preventing yourself from having children therefore prevents you from that end goal of of masculinity from a from an islamic perspective yeah i mean it definitely cuts off a, a big aspect of it um you can't say if you obviously, don't... obviously talking about those who can have children and choose not to yeah well, that's what uh, i was going to say like... obviously there yeah, we can't say that you can't be masculine, you can't be a real man if you don't have kids. No way. We can't say that, right? Um, right. There, there are many great people who didn't have kids, even didn't get married. Yeah. There are different avenues to achieve your potential. I think the main thing is that you're striving towards something that pleases Allah. And when I say striving, I mean actually striving, right? So, you know, like, you know, the guy who's like, uh, even someone who's very successful in business, it's like, okay maybe the some of the red pill guys would be like this is this is the man yeah the man yeah but but then from from a real any shepherd's way perspective we would say okay you, you're good in business but what are you doing for your akhirah like what are you doing to pray protect provide you know what exactly are you doing it may be that there's a single guy who's doing well in business and then he's using his business or using his income to do some of those things and his personal ibad is great well that's great but most of us, we are trying to get married. We are trying to have kids. And if Allah gives that to us, we need to know how to, um, you know, the, the correct traits and characteristics to have in place to do that in the best way. Um, so I think whether you have kids or not, that's down to your qadr and your rizq and what Allah gives you. But whether you, but saying, I don't really want kids, depending yeah. on your reason. Yeah, you, you could say that is lacking a big part of, being a, a real man, perhaps, yeah. Mm. And, and so uh, other part of the question is, what, what do you think they're getting right then? So let's say, okay, part of that movement is saying have kids. Yeah. Do you think that they are pushing the right message when it comes to how fathers should be, especially looking at like what you mentioned in your book in terms of the middle way and the middle path when it comes to, comes to being a Muslim man? Yeah. Um, look, bro, they're getting a lot right in terms of I mean, look, yeah. it's a bit of a reactionary movement because you had feminism for decade after decade. And of course, when, when yeah. people zig, then always other people are going to zag and, and like kind of oppose yeah. it. Um, 
at the same time, there's some, you know, real grievances that uh, people will have. Like anyone interested in the family unit and it being strong, I'm not even going to say like uh, men. It's not just men. Men and women who, who really value the family unit, they would have a problem with like the whole feminist um, agenda that's been pushing forward so, so quickly. Um, and so what do they get right? I mean, they get right the, the value of fathers. You know, not all of them will talk about that, but a lot of them will talk about, you know, we don't value fathers. They bring up the whole Homer Simpson, the whole, you know, Malcolm yeah. in the middle dad figure. They bring that up and that's a good point. Uh, they bring up um, the lack, like how the world, like a lot of the world, like the schooling system is quite like feminine in its nature in terms of, oh, you know, participation trophies and taking out um, any like rough and tumble play concept. You know, there's this book, um, maybe people be interested in it. Maybe you'd be interested in it if you haven't not read it. Um, the Coddling of the American Mind. Um, no, I haven't read it. Part of this book talks about like how, how people in America just got so soft, right? And part of it is mm. like, part of it is, uh, oh, we're scared of kidnappings and therefore our kids are not going to go outside. They're not going to play. They're not going to get that rough and tumble play, especially that boys right. really need. Um, and so the world in general has has moved i would say in a feminine direction in terms of the style you know and just the attitude and the way of thinking and of course that's needed partially but when it becomes overwhelming now we get the the result you know the fruits is what we're seeing now where men are not even some men they're not even doing their job like base job like my friend was just telling me how he was um talking to someone who's doing charity work in bangladesh for the rohingya right the rohingya refugees yeah. And they were saying, we stopped giving money to the men. We start, we just give it to the women because we give it to the men. And a lot of them, they just squander it on like um, um, cigarettes and, you know, not making good use of it. And you give it to the woman, she might like spend a bit of it to feed herself and kids, spend a bit of it to buy some chickens so then they could have eggs or, you know what I mean? And that kind of, I'm not saying like all men are like that, but there's a group of men who have that issue and it's not just in the Rohingya, it's like in many places. Um, you got the whole um, relying on the benefits from the government and all of that. And so that is partially, of course, the responsibility of each individual, but it's also part like reaping the rewards of the system in place. And yeah, pretty much. Um, so did I answer the question? What did they get right? Yeah, they got the whole thing, the rights of the father, yeah. the value of the father. They're getting that right. And the overpowering of the whole, the feminine nature seeping too much into everything and being unbalanced. I think they get that part right as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I forgot, I was just going to ask you a follow-up question from there, but I totally forgot it now. Um, oh yeah. So my follow-up question was what I, what I find difficult with uh navigating in that space so trying to make sure that so okay to put it into context naturally people like you and me if we are already maybe more conservative or more traditional or more looking towards things like the shepherd's way okay we're gonna naturally be biased towards the type of content that we come across online that is closer to red pill movement type things and obviously you're not looking at the extreme end of red pill where it's like bash women and 
be a misogynist and all that kind of stuff. But looking at some of the, the, the positives that you brought out. Now, when we're doing that, we're sort of exposing ourselves to a lot more of these ideas of, um, you know, being that provider and, you know, making sure our emotions are like this and like that. And a little bit, we're also going to be exposed to that kind of more hardline man. So what I find difficult when navigating in that space is ensuring that I'm adopting the correct influence when it comes to my fatherhood. So I don't want to make sure that that the type of fatherhood that I conjure up in my mind as being good dad, I don't want it to be affected in the wrong way. So I'll give you an example, right? You could sometimes fall into saying that as a father, you need to be a bit more soft. Why? Because you need to combat that hardline masculine image that comes out that might be pushing your kids away from you. At the same time, you don't want to fall into, like you were saying about coddling the American mind, falling into a situation where you've become so soft that you've forgotten any hardline principles that you need to instill into your family. Mm. So I think that, you know, for, for people like us who may be being sent, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of seeing those kind of messages. People are sending us those kind of messages. We're trying to navigate that space. Uh, it may become difficult to say this is the, the right way that I want to view uh, myself as a father. What, yeah. what advice would you give? Like, I, I feel like your book has come in for that reason to kind of push away all of the uh, mixed messaging and to give people a something which is grounded within wahi, grounded within revelation, within sunnah, tradition, Quran, etc. Yeah. So what advice do you have for like fathers like me that might be in that space, getting influenced one way, getting influenced another way? I, I don't, maybe it also comes from a lack of self-esteem. Maybe it comes also from like a, a like, you know, maybe your partner as well. This is not in my case, but it could be in a case of, of many brothers that mm -hmm. their partner is influenced a lot by feminism. And so they're trying to make sure that, okay, I don't come across too hard. That's going to push her away. So we're in this kind of dynamic. And do you have maybe any advice on how those brothers can sort of step their way yeah. in, in the most kind of responsible way so they don't get um, messed up in their fathering and in their own relationships with their wives as well? A lot of um, ideas are coming to my mind, inshallah, don't forget them. Um, the first thing is to, is to get my book. <laughs> That's the first <laughs> thing, is to get my book. And it's actually free, like you just pay for the shipping, just to get the word mm. out there. Maybe buy a few copies, hand them out and all of that. Um, because I'm, I'm not saying that because my book, uh, I'm saying it because... Just on that point, I got, yeah, I got, um, I got mm. my cousin from America to actually buy it. Yeah. And he's sort of like... 18 19 sort of around that age and he, and yeah. he's in america he's in texas in fact okay. so he's kind of like in the heart you know the the belly of the beast you could say when it comes to these kind of conversations as yeah. a muslim yeah. uh and i think he's he's benefiting from the book he read it he says he really, really likes it so alhamdulillah yeah. alhamdulillah bro you know I, I i don't consider myself a writer um i don't know if the writing is that good, I'll tell you like the first chapter, I think the writing is good. The rest of it, I don't know, man. Yeah. But <laughs> you got tired along the way. But I believe that the content is good, alhamdulillah. Um and uh and the point is that that it that it, it gets out there and it, and it's written in not like an academic style or like a yeah. you know sharia textbook kind of style. <clears throat> it's more like a actually specifically I was like this is going to be a, a set, like personal development book. It's not an Islamic yeah. kind of textbook. Um, 
and yeah, like uh, so far, like uh, all the feedback I got has been very good. Um, what one guy told me that he gave it to a friend and his friend was feeling pressured to take a mortgage by his father-in-law, I think it was, and maybe even his wife, like his wife and his father-in-law. And mm. after reading the book, he decided I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm not going to go for this, you know? Subhanallah. So, um, Alhamdulillah, that, that was like the best thing I heard from so far from the feedback, um, that, that kind of thing. And the, the book very much is like an inspiration thing. Like you said, it's not a how-to guide because I'm very aware, bro. Like, you know how uh, our program is at Muslim CEO, like the level of detail we go to to show you the exact steps. Like, how can I do that for 20 different topics in the book? So I was very aware I can't do that in a whole, in a book. Like, so I just thought, let me make it inspirational let me show you the other side of masculinity maybe you haven't been exposed to so yeah anyway yeah that, so i would say people read the book because i mean why did i write the book it's not like uh, if there was another book like this i would not have written it you know i would have just promoted yeah, yeah, yeah. that book so I, I wrote the book to show you the, the 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 islamic paradigm for how to be a real man it's not really red pill it's not really feminist way it's another way it's a new paradigm so yeah. pick up the book that's the first thing the second thing is so, be before we go to the second point, hold yeah. it. I just want to remind people that they can send in some questions. Um, I saw some comments earlier, but yeah, you can send in your questions uh, and we'll, we'll start answering them, inshallah. But yeah, sorry, carry inshallah, on. Inshallah, for sure. Point. Yeah, the second point um, was, you know, like uh, you've got to be aware, bro, that, you know, you're saying you're, you're, you're consuming some of that content. It might make you a bit more hardline or whatever you, you want, whatever yeah. word you want to use. You also have to be aware that you've been fed with a lot of um, feminist propaganda as well mm. at the same time, right? Um, a lot of this, um, like we said about those like Hollywood movies where the dad's goofy and the dad, yeah. like yeah. the dad's main contribution to fathering is uh, changing nappies. Like that is also part of it, right? And um, I feel guilty because I'm not doing basically sometimes what is the mother's role more, right? right? Like that's also part of the formula, right? And so uh, it's very good that you said like, self-esteem is a word you used in terms of yeah i'm not i'm not too sure and the way to become more sure is to learn and and to take action and like to i think to observe and ponder over okay how how are things going like quite regularly kind of thing so um be aware of your influences and be aware that you know the red pill influence is something you find uh, mostly online on uh, whatever tiktok tiktok instagram um youtube stuff <laughs> um well, it's Tic Tac's like a pill, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, uh, YouTube. So you, you, you consume that over there, right? But um, the feminist side of things, it's everywhere. Like it's on a government level. It's on a uh, like UN level. It's, 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 it's everywhere as well. So you've got to be aware of the influences. That's the other thing I would say. The third thing I would say is, you know, to be honest with you, bro, like I don't, I feel like there's a lot of good material in Arabic, or that would be more like middle ground. Um, mm. Because anyone writing in English, um, they'll be influenced by this, whatever they call it, the yeah. culture war that, that is currently yeah. going on. And they'll be influenced by one of these two sides that we're talking about right now. But you know, some of the books, maybe even some of the more modern books, they're much more like, I don't even know about that stuff, right? Like, I'm just writing from what I know of Quran, Sunnah maybe, and like Arab right. culture or Pakistani culture, whatever their culture they're coming from, right? And I think you'll find uh, some interesting stuff there. And by the way, when I was writing the book, at my uh, initially, I was like, okay, what 
where could I go to find some insights, right? So I wrote all these different books. There's a lot of like books by non-Muslims that I knew of or that I had read that I thought, okay, let me gather some good stuff from there. And then I was like, okay, let me go Quran, Sunnah, this and that. But in the end, what I did was, I'm like, let me start by going Quran, Sunnah. I went Quran, Sunnah route, and I nev never went, ended up going to the non-Muslim books at the end, right? Because <laughs> the, the Quran, Sunnah stuff was like, really good i was getting like insights that even me was making me kind of change my mind change my thinking mm. a little bit and um and i really feel like there's there's a lot out there you know specifically when it comes to fatherhood there's the book as well um uh it was like the the children around the prophet right that's i think yes, that's what yes, the book yes, is yes. called there's that book that book's in english um you've got people like uh i think his name is dr jasim al mutawa right he's a kuwaiti and he specializes in um I believe it's like terbiyah, child psychology, relationships as well, like between man and wife. Okay. Um, but he's Kuwaiti, like, I don't even know if he knows English. So a lot of the advice he's giving is, he knows psychology, he studied that stuff, but oh, he's also coming from an Islamic paradigm, but also he's not in a Western sphere, right? So I think you get from someone who is uh, not in the West and they're Islamic influenced, you get nice, quite... Um, quite a balanced advice you know but you need the language to to at least today you need the language to um access that stuff um but yeah, genuinely bro like i'm i'm saying this because i know i know a lot of people won't be able to access those things but um it's it could be really worth it you know to up your arabic level even if it takes you five mm. years you know your kids will still be young in five years you know and you'll still be having an effect on them so if over the years you can develop that kind of insights from these other people that are coming from another culture kind of thing then it will it will kind of balance you out it'll mellow you out, mellow you out on different sides so uh yeah man i think uh, instagram. My instagram just uh am i still on instagram okay no no this is part of my fatherhood bro is that my uh my instagram gets blocked at a certain time <laughs> so that's what happened <laughs> oh subhanallah that's good you got filters on there yeah 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 highly recommend that that's actually good. that's good that's very good so is that your third advice uh put filters on your social media <laughs> um the third point well, i finished the third point actually which was uh, i was talking about um getting those other sources you know yeah. of uh, inspiration yeah. um, but i think you know like sometimes it's also Sometimes it's just about pondering a bit. So it's like, like I said previously, you, you understand just logically, kids need some level of um, challenge, cha being challenged, yes? Um, they need some level, like one of, it's, it's like only logical. One of the parents needs to be um, a bit of the stricter one, you know, good cop, bad cop kind of thing, yes. right? That, that's yeah. very logical. So now, okay, you're, you're sitting, you're observing that, over time you know kids are growing up and you're thinking well okay who's gonna be that who's gonna play that role you know is it gonna be the mother who naturally is a bit softer a bit more merciful and all that or is it gonna be me and then logically you're gonna realize okay i'll play that role it is more um you know suiting of me to do that so i think part of it maybe is like pondering and stuff as well yeah i think it's very important that uh people don't get caught up in black and white labels when it comes to these kind of things like just think about it parenting already is such a fluid 
sort of system in, in the sense that there's so much going on, right? You've got children at different ages with different personalities. You've got a, a wife and a husband of different personalities. When they become fathers, when they become mothers, different things happen within their own psychology as well. There's like so much going on that you can't just say a mother is like this, a father is like this, and a child should be brought up like this, and, and a son and a daughter. Obviously, there's certain guidelines and ideals that we should be uh, looking at, and we shouldn't just, you know, while I'm saying that, I mean, okay, let's throw everything out and make everything subjective. It, it, you know, part, that's kind of part of the problem, that once I say something like, don't be black and white, now it's like, okay, let me be so not black and white that you're back to being black and white which is like let's throw everything out uh i think a lot of people sort of struggle with this in in all aspects of their life to be honest um beyond just conversations like this when it comes to masculinity femininity etc um just loads of aspects and i think especially when within those kind of conversations that we're having today it's important not to be so attached uh, to the label and understand that maybe you know sometimes your own family dynamic can serve serve you with the best understanding of what you should be doing if you literally just look at your children look at yourself look at your wife and figure out what's what's best for your own family rather than having to listen to exactly what Shweb said and exactly what Amin said and exactly what it says in this book and that book uh taking in that advice and then you know restructuring it and applying it to your own life is probably uh the the the, the best thing that you can do um and I think I you know I sort of learned this as I was going along like when I when I first became a father, for me, it was, let me have the op opposite reaction to not having a father, right? Because for me, it was like, it was fulfilling some sort of gap in myself. Okay, I didn't, I didn't have a chance to have that in my life. So let me make sure that my kids have that. And for me, that it was like a self uh, fulfillment in a way. So yeah. it, it was as if it was more so for myself than it was for my children. Subhanallah. Mm. Um, especially at the, in the first like year or so. So for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to make sure I'm taking lots of time off work and I'm going to make sure that I'm taking them to the park all the time. I'm going to make sure that I'm changing all the nappies and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I got to a stage where I started overbearing myself by thinking I'm not a good enough father because I'm not doing this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And, this. Yeah. and I'm starting to fail on other responsibilities as well, like making the money right? Um, I'm not performing that well at work. I'm not uh, putting time into the side businesses that I'm trying to build up for myself. And really, there's a limit where it comes to my fatherhood, because I can't just focus on being solely being a dad and forgetting, like we said, all the other parts to protect, to provide, um, well, the, the three that you said, I've forgotten the whole triangle now. Pray, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that that's that's actually a good point not going to the masjid as well because i'm like oh you know um, i can't go to fajr now because my kids are gonna wake up and that's gonna make my wife annoyed so let me just stay and i'm just gonna pray here so if my kids wake up i can be and i can let her sleep and okay and like i said obviously look at your own dynamics i'm not saying that so i see certain situations where maybe you need to do that kind of stuff but the point being is that i was sort of going over to one edge and i remember one time i just sat down with uh, one of my teachers, one of my sheikhs, and I said, look, this is kind of what's happening. Like the reason I'm not attending your class and the reason that I'm so stressed out these days that or that is because I feel like I'm not doing enough for my kids. And he was like, Shweb, you're an excellent father. Like you're doing everything you need to be doing. Yeah. If, you, if you, if you're doing your studies and you're going to work and you're showing them some love during the day and you're present 
and you're treating their mother right like these are all the recipes of being a good father mm. why do you feel like you need to give 90% of your your time to giving attention to just your children and and forgetting about all these other things that are actually part of your fatherhood it, it just dawned on me i was like it's so true you know you're so right and i i am i'm i'm sort of uh, imbalanced in that way and i i need to bring it back into mm. balance um and i think i think if 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 i if i had a, a, an advice for young fathers especially those who kind of have a, a big attachment to fulfilling the need to be a good father like i did for myself i'd i'd advise them to be careful of uh, going too far when it comes to that because it, essentially it becomes you're doing it for yourself and you're not even doing it for your children anymore and what's the point then yeah i mean it comes down to self um, awareness isn't it like <clears throat> i think you it sounds like you were um, aware of the fact that, okay, um, I, you know, I wish, you know, or I was lacking that in my childhood. So let me give double. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but you were aware of that and that allowed you to, okay, maybe you spoke to the Sheikh and you, you know, and then you were able to understand how you might be going overboard in one place or, or the other. So self-awareness is really good. And I think part of fatherhood is stuff that's nothing to do with your kids but it is part of fatherhood <laughs> still you know like me excelling in certain areas of my life or me developing myself right right like learning new skills gaining confidence in a new area um whatever growing my business these areas they're gonna help my fatherhood right mm. and it, we shouldn't be unbalanced but that is actually part of it to show like we said what what do i want my kids to know me for one of them was like to be competent if I'm incompetent, how can I like, obviously some fathers do this and it's fine, but if I'm incompetent, I'm telling my kids to be ambitious and aim high and be the best. You know, there's always going to be a bit of a misalignment there, right? So part of fatherhood is, is going out there, not seeing your kids at that time when you're going out there and doing yeah. stuff and getting stuff done. And like, if your Tejweed's not on point, yeah, then how are you going to teach your kids Tejweed? Teaching t uh, your kids to read, you say part of your fatherhood, right? Part of your providing that education for your kids and that guidance. But then you can't learn to read unless you leave your kids at home and go and learn to read, right? So um, that's something to take yeah, into You know, a big, a big part of that, actually, surprisingly, I learned that from my wife. Like there was a conversation that I had with my, with my wife where she was basically saying like, I don't want my children to look at me as if I wasn't I wasn't able to 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 achieve anything uh, in my life in a way so like she obviously she understands that her being there for her children her being a mother is her top priority but she also believes that for her to be an impactful mother they should be able to see from her that she is she's striving in other areas as well like mm -hmm. she's striving to make sure she she worships properly she knows her quran she knows her arabic that she's striving to reach maybe certain goals maybe that means you know um certain things that she set up in the community for other sisters or mm -hmm. uh you know even that if that's building her own uh, business on the side if, if if that's what she wants right um anything like that she's like you know part of my motherhood motherhood i want them to see that they're you know the 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 children to, sh to see their parents striving in in other areas as well um 
and it kind of that kind of helped me and i was like mm. that's that's so true right like mm. that's that's probably even more true for me as a father mm-hmm. um for, for for them to see that and mm-hmm. so i kind of you know surprisingly i learned a lot of that uh, that lesson from, mm. from my wife um so i mean mm-hmm. we're coming to the end now i think we're going over the hour mark i don't want to keep you because uh, you are currently in another part of the world that <laughs> from me which is uh, it's probably yeah. close or past your bedtime um but uh, I th- one thing I wanted to wrap up on um, was for you to tell me some of the highlights that you've recently had in the past week when it comes to you being a father. Of oh, being a father, highlights, okay. Um, you know, just uh, just today, I mean, the last, like, I feel like it's been a week, maybe a couple of weeks. Yanni, my, my son, he does this, he's been doing this over the years, but uh, specifically in the last week, a lot, when I'm praying, sometimes praying at home with my wife, he will go, he'll get his prayer mat and he'll put it down and he'll pray with us, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, he, 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 he only lasts about like two rakas, one and a half, you know? <laughs> but, um, but that's really good, really good to hear. And to be honest, bro, like, he's three now. So the last, the last six months has been actually very big in that, in that area, bro, because that's the time when he's been learning to, uh, he's been learning surahs, he's been learning to like read a little bit. He's been um, learning so much and just saying so much. And because Alhamdulillah, we're trying to like feed him with good stuff. He's just coming out with a lot of good stuff, you know. He's coming out with uh, the, the Quran he's learned. He's coming out with, uh, oh, like, like you know, uh, you know, like uh, Nuraniya, that, that book they used to yeah. teach yeah. Arabic, yeah. So he's got that and he's like, you know, for example, it has like Fa'ain Lam, right? Fa'ala, yeah? So now he can read that, you know? And he gets so excited and he loves it. Mm-hmm. So his learning in general, um, that's been a big highlight, you know? Seeing he can, he's picking up on these things and it makes me think like, okay, if, if he can do that at this age, you know, inshallah, I can push him uh, further and he can achieve a lot. And, um, and the you prayer... You come from a very sort of academic family, right? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So would you, would you push your, your, uh, son to go through that same sort of route of, uh, education, mm. university degrees, masters, all that kind of stuff? Not even, you know, sometimes when, um, when you go hard into an area, um, mm. sometimes you, you, you force your kids down that way, or sometimes you go the opposite, isn't it? And I feel like I'm the, I'm the latter one. So, um, <laughs> I've actually, you know, I, I try and read, you know, again, maybe part of being a father is, is trying to learn about these things. You know, being a mother is extremely taxing in terms of your attention and the, your, your free time and stuff. So if, if you have more free time and more attention, maybe you, you need to pick up that side of things of learning about, you know, child development or psychology or education. Yeah. So I've been reading, you know, over the last year, you know, quite two, three, four really good books about education and, you know, so far, I've become very like disillusioned with the whole thing. Um, not just the fact that the learning is kind of slow or in a normal education environment, but also the just the propaganda that goes on in that direction, in, in that stream of things. So I don't think I would be pushing him in that direction per se. Um, yeah, I don't think I would push him down that route. But one thing that I, I don't know, I think I picked it up somewhere or from hearing from people and reading and this and that is that if a child shows competence in an area, then push them, yeah. push them and they'll go mm-hmm. far. Um, if they don't, 
then pushing them might be a bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I intend to do, you know, wherever they seem to excel. Like my son seems to be a very good with like audio learning, right? So that right. prop that prop might mean that he, he'll be very good for him. So I should push mm -hmm. him in that direction. Like he even likes it and stuff so far, Yanni, at least. Um, but then with other things, I'm sure he won't be so good. So why am I going to force that on him? So I think it's testing and pushing and in, in the right directions, inshallah. Okay, good. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, highlights for me, I guess um, my uh, my daughter started nursery very recently. So that's that's been quite interesting she's um we decided like we when when isa was um my older son when he was sort of getting to the age where he could start nursery or we debating it do we want him to go there you know would we rather him just have that sort of environment just at home with his mother etc etc but we kind of decided that given his personality he was very very sociable um he was he was very much craving to have uh other sort of uh friends and whatnot around him to, to, to play with uh, we thought it's a good idea and now Sarah's at the age to go to nursery and again we debated the same thing uh, but uh, we thought let's try it out and she's really enjoyed it going with her brother to the same nursery um, so I think just just seeing that it's been pretty good she's been enjoying it so far um, we'll see how it goes alhamdulillah uh, I'm definitely not somebody who thinks that children need to be around other other children for their development i actually feel like um children being around children who are older than them or kids that are older than them would be better for their development um but i'm not again i'm not so black and white like if i, if I see a benefit for my kids go ahead and do that type of thing you know so yeah anyway Absolutely. so every time you do the podcast do you answer that question for yourself as well about the highlights yeah because that's yeah, try like to, cool for your they... own reflection and observation yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly, exactly yeah. your kids can see a compilation of that when they're older inshallah i hope so that you know that was one of the things when i started i realized that oh my gosh my kids may be able to see this stuff if it's still up online when they're older and they're able i mean obviously they watch it now they might they might but they don't know what's going on but again when you know when they get to an age i don't know they might find it interesting they might be like oh you know, dad, you're saying all that kind of stuff. Look at you now. Oh, they yeah. might be like, mashallah, yeah. dad, you, uh, you kept it up and you, you kept going. So I don't know. It might be a witness for me. It might be a witness against me. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. I mean, but overall in the larger scheme of things, there are people our age doing like dances on TikTok. So they're going to regret it a lot worse <laughs> than us. <laughs> a lot more than us. Yeah, subhanAllah. That's quite a scary thought. I, I remember watching um, a lecture where um, I might be Mufti Mank or something like that. This is a while ago where they, he said that he came across like a young brother who had passed away. And to be honest, this, this young boy, he didn't do much good in his life up until the point that he passed away. And now things that he had left online, the sins that he committed and stuff are still there for people to see. Mm. And it's just like, subhanAllah, like you have to really question, especially with things like this, like when it comes to me putting out content for dads, like, what do I want my my children really to see? Like, what am I leaving back, uh, you know, in this life? And then that that, that that just makes you think, like, subhanAllah, on the day of judgment, when my book of deeds are going to be open in front of Allah, like, how much how much more do I have to strive to make sure that those things are going to be things that I'm going to be proud of on that day rather than uh, yeah. be ashamed of? May Allah protect us, bro. But one thing you're definitely yeah. going to leave them with, inshallah, is 
that they're going to know for sure that their dad was, you know, um, sincere and committed and like striving mm. to, to be a good dad, you know, no matter whether, you know, whether you make mistakes, don't make mistakes, but you can see that from the podcast, inshallah. So that's definitely yeah, a positive thing. I'm just going to look at the comments, see if there's any, I think there was a couple of comments here and there, um, but I didn't see any questions. It was more like a salam and a jazakallah khair and uh uh, I'm looking forward to this, all that kind of stuff. But I don't think people had any questions. I'm not. I don't. I'm not sure if we seen this. We see the same chat, so I don't know if there's questions on your end. Okay, I can. I can only see like the the two most recent things. I think. Oh no. Okay. Okay. I can. Bro, I'm I'm newbie on this stuff. Uh, <laughs> few people following me. That's mostly what I can see. Jazakumullah khairan. Uh, okay. I think I saw something. Uh, I had one question actually from my YouTube yeah. um, that I put up. Okay. Um, let me just bring this up. It was about, let me read it properly. So. Was there a comment on some videos? Um, no, I put a post up about this um, live stream. So they oh. said, um, is there such thing as being controlling? If I'm not stopping her from anything halal, we see some people say you should. Uh, is that really about? Anyway, let's deal with it anyway, even because he's saying maybe he's talking about. I don't know if he's talking about children or wife or what, but anyway, is there such thing as about being being too controlling? Maybe I think that's what he's mm. saying. That's 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 a good question when it comes to like this idea of going back to the title with a masculine and dad. Does that mean that you know I'm such a macho figure in my household that i have everybody under my foot and this you know I'm, I'm i'm authoritarian and everything i say must happen uh what, yeah. what, what were your thoughts what, what did you want to answer yeah bro that's actually a really uh, something that my i you know i my eyes were opened um when i was doing research for the book around this kind of general area of um, being mm. with your wife, being with your kids, um, how firm you should be, how kind of uptight and demanding you should be. And really what you find from the Prophet, he was so easygoing, you know, so easygoing. And, yeah. uh, you know, like that pretty well-known hadith, Rifqan bil qawarir, like be easy, mm. be, um, be soft on the, on the vases, you know, vases are made of glass, they're very fragile. So be careful with them. And then the hadith about, you know, don't force uh, the rib, the woman comes from the rib and it's bent and don't force um, the, the rib to be straight because you'll break it. So um, the obviously that's like mostly to do with women, but I think the Prophet seems to be like that, like softer, like generally soft. And his um, style um, w was more like my conduct is so good that you're going to really look up to me and respect me. And then if you do something that displeases me, you're going to know it. I might not shout at you. I might not hit you. I might not um, even tell you that that's wrong. I hate that. I'm mad at you because of that. But it's just you see it in my face. And because you look up to me to that level, you don't want to see me um, upset at you. That is enough for you to apologize or to not do it again or that kind of thing. Like that's kind of like the golden standard, I think. Um, so that it's not really controlling, but it, it could be, how do you say, motivating people towards good behavior without saying one word really, right? Um, but of course, children need to know boundaries. And um, 
this is something that I think was in that book, The Boy Crisis. It might have been the other one that I always mix it up with. Um, <laughs> where he's saying that they found that when the, when the father and the mother put boundaries in place, consistently the mother was the one that would be easier going on the boundaries. Yeah. So you mm. gotta, you got to be in bed at 10. Oh, fine, we'll do another story kind of thing. And the mm. father was more the one who would put his foot down. And so, again, know, know that assuming, you know, you're a more typical man and your wife is a more typical woman, you have to understand that if it's not your wife you can rely on to create boundaries for your children and they understand that some things you, you can't just do what you want and all of that. If you understand, like, it's got to be me, okay, now you've got to play that role. It doesn't mean you have to... Yeah. And again, this comes back to, like, I think it's the longest chapter in the whole book is about discipline and self-control, right? And so again, controlling your kids or teaching your kids a lesson or enforcing boundaries, it does not have to include any shouting, uh, any losing mm. your temper. You know, in fact, losing your temper and anger, like people think, oh, men are not emotional. Anger is an emotion. <laughs> anger <laughs> is an emotion. Um, and so if you're shouting a lot and losing your temper, you're losing control. You're showing that you don't have discipline. You don't have self-control, which is not yani, very masculine. So um, the way that you enforce things and, you know, quote unquote, control your children, it doesn't have to be in that, that kind of typical way that you might think. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, uh, it's needed to put boundaries in place and be the more rigid one, I guess, if you want to, yeah, rigid maybe is a good word. Like when there's a boundary, there's a boundary. And, uh, you know, you've probably heard of it or you've come across it where it's like um, the father, because of maybe, again, some men are more emotional than others, right? But because of the the way a man can be a bit more stoic, generally, he's able to put up with his kids being upset at him. Yeah, it's like, yeah. my kids are upset at me, but I'm teaching them a greater lesson. I can handle them being upset at me, being, uh, whatever, crying, this and that. I can I can put up with that a little bit more than the mother um, for that greater good of teaching that lesson. So, no, and that's what I say about controlling. What do you think? Okay, um, yeah, I think you've you've definitely hit uh, a lot of the points there. Um, looking just looking uh, number one at the, the the life of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his his experience. If you look at the book that you mentioned earlier on in the podcast, children around the Prophet, you see how soft he was with the children. You see how um, you know. He, he he never never raised his voice at children he never hit any children um and he never forced them to do something that they they didn't want to do yet he was still principled he was still disciplined he still uh gave instructions clear instructions and similar things with his wives you never found any instances of him being unfair to his wives being controlling of his wives or anything like that but because his his principles and his stance and his speech was so clear as soon as he said something things were done, things were taken on board. Um, and so you're right, controlling, I think a lot of that came, but that, that respect that they had for the Prophet was from that point that you just said, that when you're in, in control of your emotions, people actually respect you more. Like, you know, you're, you're, if you're demanding respect in your household, if you're saying, I'm the father, I'm the husband, I must be obeyed, you're, you're stomping around saying that kind of stuff. No one's going to be showing you that respect. In fact, when that door closes and you leave the house, the mother and the child are going to be feeling this sense of relief that you're gone. They're going Absolutely. to be talking to each other probably about how much of a burden you are in the household. And when you come back, the only reason that they are obeying you is because of fear and it's no genuine love there. And yeah. if you really want in your household 
if you if you want your household to be under control, if that's what you really mean, then then that control really isn't what you think it is. That control is you them showing respect to you, you showing respect back to them, and that's what allows things to actually happen. And yeah. I've I've actually seen this. I've seen this in households in my own family when the father leaves the house, uh, the the mother and the child exhale. They, they, yeah, you know, <laughs> and then you know we can and and what what effect does this leave on the children now? If the mother herself, the yes. wife, feels like that, yes. the children are going to be even more so. Thinking, you know, my dad is such a burden. I can't wait to get out of this house. I can't wait to be you know eighteen and move to uni and do this and do that. And you know, you've totally lost any influence that you should have had over your children. You've lost uh, that that responsibility that a father has to keep. Uh, your children on sort of discipline straight and narrow i remember when i was doing some uh, for um muslim ceo uh the one of the first sort of things is to go ahead and do some uh sort of market research basically to, to just kind of test out your your idea and validate it right yeah so i was doing that and i was speaking to one brother who um i knew that his his father passed away when he was like a teenager and he said that his father not being there it just made him into a bad kid. And like one part of that is, you know, the anger and sort of the resentment of, you know, not, not having your father around and maybe you're questioning life and God and Qadr and all these kind of things. But he, he said that was one part of it, but he feels the bigger part is that his mother just didn't have the same influence that his dad had in his life. And so once his dad wasn't there, he was going out doing whatever the hell he wanted. And it was only like a good 10 years after that into his late twenties when he realized, okay, I'm going totally away from the roots of what I was raised up in and let, let me reflect and, and, and come back a bit and show my mother some respect again. But for so many years, not having his father around just had that effect of him being lost. And now that's his father pa passing away. Like that's not even his, his father's fault, right? But here yeah. you have a situation where the father is alive, he's in the household, he has an option to be present and to take that responsibility. But rather, he lets his emotions and his anger get the best of him and he, he leaves that kind of impression where the kids don't even want to take him seriously. Yeah, absolutely, bro. And this is like, also like, if we go back to like feminism, what, not all of them, but when, when a father's absent, he doesn't show love to his daughters, um, he's that kind of guy, like when he leaves the house, everyone's like relieved. Yeah. <laughs> that is fertile ground for this idea that, oh, men, men are worthless. Men are this, men are that. Yeah. It's fertile yeah. ground. And this is again, where as fathers, we could change the world, right? We can change the world for those, uh, our kids, right? Whether they come out of childhood thinking, uh, for example, for girls thinking, yeah, there are, there are great men out there like my dad. And mm. I won't settle for anything less kind of thing, right? Um, mm. Versus those that, you know, we all have heard of who are a bit just wild and a bit like low standards, low confidence and easily manipulated. And it all come down to their dad. So, you know, if you want to talk about changing the world, you know, I think it starts with, with, with your kids, you know, like we're talking this whole episode is about that. And then, you know, try and like influence your kids and have raise them well. And inshallah, you can build upon that by... Uh, influencing the wider society but I always felt like when I see someone who's changed the world but their own kids are a bit of a mess you know feels incomplete you know although it's, sometimes it's just out of your control but you know feels incomplete yeah, yeah. sometimes 
of course not naturally like you know you can do it, what you want and Allah's qadr you know it's, it's always there look at look at the prophets you have stories of Nuh alayhi salam and his son you know yeah. uh, you have uh, you know m- multiple examples that that's you know you can do as much as you want uh, but the point still stands right like family if you i remember um, Sheikh Haytham saying this he said that if you have strong families then you have strong uh, societies and if you have strong societies you have a strong ummah absolutely and, uh, and you know you're building towards a therefore you know a very strong afterlife for yourself as well mm-hmm. um so you know it's, it starts from the family he he he, he says that if the family is not united how do you expect the ummah to be united like if you can't, if you can't get your responsibilities right as parent uh, as a whether a mother and a father, if you can't get that right, like how are you going and 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 sitting down in the cafe with your friends and complaining about the ummas in this state and the ummas in that state, and your kids are at home doing all sorts of craziness and madness, and you have no control over that? Like, of course we're going to be in that state if if that's the if that's that's the state of our family. So, I think yeah, that's that's I think you make a similar point in the book about uh, focusing on making sure that you have influence on the people around you. And then having influence beyond that um, mm. uh, as well. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Zakar khair, I mean, we'll end it there, inshallah. Uh, appreciate you joining me and, and reaching out and uh, getting this episode uh, done. Um, and uh, for everybody who is w- still watching or is watching later on this uh, the recording, then um, make sure you've subscribed and followed and all that kind of stuff for the dadhood content um that is coming out uh it means obviously got his book there in the back you can see the shepherd's way so uh, we've been referencing that book quite a lot i've read it i've enjoyed it i've recommended it to other people and i think um the type of audience that i have i recently checked my analytics and it's um majority men uh and majority 25 to 40 and majority in london so I think I'm hitting the right the right audience for these kind of things. Um, so definitely yeah. you guys should benefit uh, from that kind of book, inshallah. And last, shout out to the building blocks nursery where my children go to. Alhamdulillah, they've been uh, a lot of help uh, to my children. In fact, today was a big help because I took time off work today because uh, I just had time that I could take, uh, you know, some hours that I'd worked. And I wanted to do like a little bit of a surprise for my children and throw them a bit of a, a party. Um, you know, just just for the sake of it, because because mm. uh, I'm here. Um, so the fact that my children were at nursery, uh, it gave me and my wife some time to <laughs> get the house ready, put some balloons out, get some pizza and all that kind of stuff. Mashallah. So yeah, that was good. Alhamdulillah. So yeah, jazakallah khair, and inshallah we will see everybody in the next one. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. If I can just say, bro, in the recording, um, jazakallah khair for your um, what's the word? your focus your intention to do something great with this because like as we discussed i i really enjoyed this episode by the way like it's not it's not the normal chat so it's it's really good we went into a lot of good topics and i think anyone like listening to it they would uh take from it inshallah like the importance of of fathers and fatherhood and so any men watching this whether they're unmarried whether they already have kids um you know hold your head high because you've got a role to play here and uh, you're, inshallah, leading that. So, jazakallah khair to you. And uh, may Allah make us the best of fathers. May Allah allow us to implement like all the ideas that we mentioned here. And uh, to accept it from us, Ya Rab. I mean, I mean, this is, like, this is almost like a therapy session for me, bro. <laughs> <laughs>